The world is going to change. It's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth you, that you understand. My people, those who love me, those who pray to me, those who serve me, my people, my people, God says, are destroyed for what reason? Lack of knowledge. That's the only thing. With all you're getting, get wisdom and get knowledge. Because our world is about to change. I am not saying, once again, that this is the coming of the Messiah. That is the era of the Messiah that prepares us for the coming of the Messiah. Science is saying this. NASA is proving this. I believe that when Jesus comes for those who are paying attention, he's coming for a glorious bride that's without spot, without blemish, He's coming for a bride, a church that's living in divine health, living under divine prosperity, signs and wonders and miracles. So all the world will say, truly, he is the son of the living God, and we are serving the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I believe the rapture is going to come in our lifetime. I believe the time clock begins, but I'm saying the latter rain is going to be greater than the former for us who are paying attention. Can I have an amen? There's truth that you need to know so the enemy can't destroy you and you can walk in the blessing. Wisdom to know the truth and the truth we know will set us free. And in the last days, God said, it will be certain Gentiles that I will bring all the way to the deep revelation of God and they'll add to their faith the knowledge and the Messiah will bless them so much that the world will want to know the God that they serve. One of the things we have to break is the Christian mentality that money is bad. My Bible says money answers all things. Go down to the electric company and, and they turn off your electricity. You go, well, wasn't Jesus here? Long hair, dark skin, wearing a prayer shawl. Jesus gives you money to pay your electric bill. Jesus gives you money to buy your house. God gives you Power to gain wealth. That's why he shed his blood seven times to break the curse, but to redeem us. In the Garden of Eden, everything Adam put his hands to, he had to work. Now listen to me. You cannot prosper if you're lazy. you you got to get out and do something. You can't prosper if you don't sow seed. Adam in the garden sowed seed, but his seed had supernatural abundance to it. There's a lot of you have been sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed, but you didn't know how to break the curse and connect to the blessing. There's others you're believing for the blessing, but you got no seed sowing. You can only be blessed if you work and you are a seed sower. It's not God just doing it for me. It's me doing my part and God doing his part, which is exceedingly abundantly above anything we can ask or think. Amen? The Bible says that you are anointed by God to be a king and a priest. And the church has been taught that somehow poverty and spirituality are synonymous. There's nothing spiritual about being poor. God says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. He said, I've anointed you to be a priest. A priest has the vision. A king has the provision. Prosperity is the will of God. Money answers everything. Money feeds our kids in the orphanages. Money takes care of the Holocaust survivors. Money puts us on television. And the world is changing. The world is changing because of what we're teaching on the Jewish roots. 
Money is a God thing. Money changes the world. Money changes your life. Malachi says all the world will call you blessed. Nobody calls you blessed when you got to hitchhike to church or when the main color of your car is bondo. But when all of a sudden you got a new car and that car's paid for and your family's saying, man, everybody else is struggling, but you're being blessed. Why is it? Because I serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And through Jesus Christ, he is now Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Why do you think Malachi says all the world will call you blessed? Because when you're blessed, people will want what you got. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In the year 1215, during the time of the Crusades in Jerusalem, there was a rabbi by the name of Rabbi Judah ben Samuel. And he said that for eight jubilees, now a jubilee is 49 plus one day going into 50. He said the Ottomans will rule Jerusalem. Then he died in two years later in 17. No one had ever heard of the Ottoman. They were called Osmans. They were a little obscure tribe in what's now Turkey. But he said for eight jubilees, 400 years, they will rule Jerusalem. 300 years later, they had risen to power. And in 1517, they began to rule Jerusalem. This is 300 years after the prophecy. In 1917, the Ottomans were ruling Jerusalem, and on the beginning of the day of Hanukkah, the Jewish Festival of Lights, General Allenby from the League of Nations, from the British government, is 20 miles outside of Jerusalem. The story is he telegraphs the king, and he said, I cannot with a clean heart shoot one bullet into Jerusalem, into God's city. The king telegraphed one word, pray. And on the next day of Hanukkah, 1917, Exactly 400 years later, eight jubilees later, the Ottomans, without a shot being fired, laid down their weapons and walked out of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem changed hands for the first time in eight jubilees, 400 years, 700 years after the rabbi said it. In the prophecy, he said, after the eight jubilees, the the Ottomans will no longer rule But for one jubilee, it will be no man's land. When the British came in for the League of Nations and began to control Palestine and Syria and all that area, they took the whole area and they said, oh, the Syrians can live here, the uh, Jordanians can live here, the Palestines can live here, a handful of Jews can live here, and they divided the land up, but they said Jerusalem, and this is the words that were international law, Jerusalem would be no man's land. Now remember, Rabbi said for 400 years they would rule Jerusalem. After eight jubilees, exactly the word jubilee means the time in which God gives back the land, cancels the debt, everything that was stolen comes back to you. So he said for one jubilee it will be no man's land. So no one controlled Jerusalem except the world until 1967. In 1967, exactly one jubilee later, on June 7th, hundreds of thousands of Arabs attacked Israel. The Arab nations had something like 800 planes and thousands of cannons and rockets and hundreds of thousands of troops. And yet, 
Israel defeated them, and even the Arabs said, we don't know what happened. It was as if the finger of God stopped us. On June 7, 1967, exactly one jubilee later, the Jewish people walked into Jerusalem to the Temple Mount for the first time since the destruction of the temple right after the resurrection of Jesus. Exactly according to the prophecy. Then the rabbi said that God will begin to prepare people for the birthing of the Messianic era. A jubilee is 50 years. As long as Israel was out of Jerusalem, a jubilee 50 years went by our calendar 365 and a half days a year. But a biblical calendar is not 365 days, but it's 360 because it goes by the moon. Once Israel had Jerusalem, we would come back to the biblical calendar, and in one jubilee, it will begin the Messianic era. If you take 360 days, multiplied by 49, because it's 49 49 years, and then the 50th year, we're in jubilee, that comes out to 17,640 days. From June 7th till this year, uh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, from then until this year, September 25th, we go into what's called Shemitah. Shemitah is the seventh year. Every seven years is a Shemitah, a Sabbath year. And the prophecy of Daniel is because Israel did not see the Shemitah's years. They were brought into captivity one year for every Shemitah year they missed. We don't have to obey Shemitah, we just have to see it, the Sabbath year. The Shemitah year begins this September 25th. After this Shemitah year, from September to next September, when we begin Jubilee, it will be 17,640 days. Exactly a biblical Jubilee. When a Jubilee comes, God supernaturally comes in, cancels debt, gives back land, everything that's been stolen, everything the enemy has blocked, everything comes back during that supernatural appointed time of God. So this happens every 50 years, but this one happens during four blood moons. In Hebrew, if you see the Shemitah and recognize it as a Sabbath, then blessing will come. If you don't see it and you ignore it, destruction comes. Why did God put Israel in captivity for those Schmidt the years? They would serve God and then they would stop serving God. Every time they stopped serving God, they trusted the world for their money instead of Jehovah Jireh. In this century, two Schmidtes ago was, was 2001. And America began a whole move away from Christianity, get rid of the Ten Commandments, stop trusting God, start trusting Wall Street, start trusting Washington, start trusting the world. And in 2001, 911, Islamic terrorists flew into our downtown New York and our economy crashed because of that. And God said, you're going to trust the world? God did not do that. But when we walk away from God, it gives an open door for Babylon to come in and get us. He's shouting to America, but we didn't pay attention. We did for a while. The churches were full. Everybody started serving God. Everybody, but it lasted about a year. Americans are good at one thing. We forgive and we forget, but we're bad because we do forget. 
So after 911, man, churches were full, people are getting saved. But then after a while, we started going back and we stopped trusting God. The next Schmitta was 2008. And in 2008, Wall Street had the greatest collapse in the history of Wall Street. And in one day, Wall Street fell 777 points. We started trusting in America. We started trusting in government again. And this is exactly what happened to Israel and why they went into Babylonian captivity from the time that Jerusalem was destroyed till they released the first ones to come back, 17,640 days. God says, if you pay attention and you make me your Lord, I will bring blessing. But if you ignore it and you trust in the world, then collapse will come. This year, in September 25th, is our next Shemitah. September 25th until 2014, until September 2015, September 23rd, which is Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. After 2015, we don't just start over again. We immediately, the next day, walk into Jubilee. We look at the prophecy of Rabbi Judah ben Samuel. And Rabbi Judah ben Samuel says, Eight jubilees, 1517 to 1917. One more jubilee, 1917 to 1967, Jerusalem will be no man's land. 1967 to the next jubilee will be preparation to get people's attention. And then after that jubilee, which is 2015, September 2015, will begin the era of the coming of the Messiah. Since the time of Jesus... Now, this is NASA saying this, science saying this. From the time of Jesus until right now, there has only been seven four-blood moons in a row that fall on biblical feasts. So from the time of Jesus until now, there has been seven four-blood moons with a solar eclipse in the middle, seven that have fallen on the high holidays. And we know the scriptures, and Joel and Peter said that the moon will turn to blood and the sun will be darkened. They said, Lord, what will be the sign of your coming? He says, look up, look at the sky, and the sky will tell you when this is happening. We don't look to the sky. When we were in Israel, they've uncovered all these ancient synagogues, and and I never could understand until I started studying this, that in the ancient synagogues, they'd have the universe and the stars and the sun in the mosaics of 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 the floor. And our Jewish guides will say that we always look to the sky to tell us when things are going to happen. Our sailors, since way before there were instruments, they would study the sky to know where to go. Our wise men saw a star in the sky to know where the Messiah was. When they came to Jesus and they said, Lord, what will the signs be of your coming? He said, look at the sky. The prophet Joel, Peter on the day of Pentecost said, the moon will turn to blood and the sun will darken. Look to the sky. Jesus said, when you see these things happen, don't get afraid because most people won't see it. But when you see these things happen, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. So I believe that when we see these things happen, it says the rapture is coming. Between then and the rapture, God is looking to pour out his spirit to open the windows of heaven for the outpouring of signs and wonders and miracles that all the world will know that he truly is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the living Messiah. Somebody shout amen. 
Pastor, how can you say the world will change? From the time of Jesus and the destruction of the temple, before God builds his physical temple in Jerusalem, he first has to build his spiritual temple, and that will be through Gentiles and then Jews together. And I believe in Muslims that are tired of Islam. They're tired of Islam. Golda Meir said that the Messiah will come when the Arabs end up loving their children more than they hate us. And that era is coming right now. It's changing. It's all over, all over the Mideast. I believe God is about to rebuild his temple. He's building it right now spiritually through us. But from the time the temple was destroyed until now has been seven, four blood moons on the high holidays. Seven is the number of God. It is the Shemitah number. It is the Sabbath number. Eight is the new beginning. In Hebrew, eight means man will no longer function under the natural, but the supernatural. But in all seven, none of them have ever fallen on a jubilee. So not only are we going into the the eighth four blood moons, but we're going into them for the first time in history during a jubilee. And NASA says they can look a hundred years in the future and said it'll never happen again. Every time we had the four blood moons during the high hot, you know what the odds are of that? With a solar eclipse in the middle, it's astronomical that that could happen. And then multiply that, that it happens on a jubilee. It's, you could, it's better chance to win the lottery. From right now, go back 500 years, there has been three four blood moons that have fallen on the Feast of the Lord. The first one happened 1493 to 1494. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. For several years, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella and the Christian church were persecuting the Jews, horribly persecuting the Jews. When Jubilee comes, and the end times come, and the coming of the Messiah comes, everything in our lives will change spiritually and financially. Latter rain, end time transfer of wealth. For several years, the Catholic Church had been persecuting the Jews, along with King Ferdinand and Queen Isabel of Spain. And the reason they were doing it is the church was going bankrupt, and their kingdom was going bankrupt. The Jews were making a lot of money, and so they used the excuse of Jesus Christ to force them into conversion. They were burning them alive, torturing them, the the pulling out of the joints, all this stuff to the Jewish people in the name of the Prince of Peace. In 1492, they made a decree that on August 1st, all Jews that didn't convert had to leave Spain, lose your home, lose your business, lose your economy. August 1st, On the Hebrew calendar is the 9th of Av. The 9th of Av is the same day the first temple was destroyed. And the 9th of Av is the same day the second temple was destroyed. It's a day of great tragedy for the Jewish people in the world. 800,000 or more left alive had to leave Spain. History tells us that two or three of the wealthiest Jews in the world came to King Ferdinand with a great sum of money and said, it's yours if you'll erase the decree and let the Jews stay. He was about to do it, but then Tecamato, the great inquisitioner, the one who was over-torturing Jews for the church, came and said, if you do that, you're selling Jesus to the Jews. And so he changed it. One part of the story is the king kept their money and gave it to Columbus to leave one month after August 1st. The other story is the rich men took the money and gave it to Columbus. Even CNN did a report recently 
that they proved Columbus was not Italian, but Columbus was either Spanish or Portuguese, and he was a Murano Jew, a hiding Jew. He started his journey not to find the Indies, but to find a land that the Jews could come and live in because everywhere in Europe, Christianity was persecuting them. So in 1492, in September, Columbus left. We don't know exactly the day he got to Cuba or he got to Haiti or he got to the Dominican, which was the place he came to, but it was probably 1493. 1493, the blood moons came. And when the blood moons came, America was discovered. America became a place that would welcome the Jewish people. America was, was founded and we became a Judeo-Christian nation we became the wealthiest nation in the world, and at the same time, the transfer of spiritual and financial wealth left Spain. Spain began to collapse spiritually. Now Muslims mostly run the country. Spain collapsed economically. They are still bankrupt and broke, and in the first blood moon, 1493 and 94, there was a spiritual and financial transfer of wealth, and the world has never been the same. Somebody say amen. The next four blood moons on the Feast of the Holidays happened in 1949 through 1950. Four blood moons on the holidays with a, with a total eclipse. What happened in 1949 and 1950? The Jews have just come out of the Holocaust. God said, I will give Israel back their land. And this is where everybody said, here's where your Bible fails. It can't happen. There's never been in history of people who lost their land, lost their language, lost their government, lost their identity, and have come back. And in 1948, Palestine was declared the land of the Jews by the United Nations. And in 1949, on the first of the four blood moons, Israel became their own government since before the time of Malachi, and the Jews began to rule and reign exactly the way God said it would. And what Satan meant for evil, God used it for good, and the world was turned upside down. The next one happened in 1967. 1967 was the last jubilee, and at the last jubilee, the prophecy was that, that the Jews would retake Jerusalem at the Temple Mount, and when the enemy came against them that was so big, nobody in the world, everybody thought, we will never hear of the Jews again. The Arabs were shouting out, we must push them into the ocean, but the hand of God came in. Once this happens, Israel will never lose their land again. I don't care what the Muslim Brotherhood says. I don't care what Washington says. I don't care what anybody says. God said, when you see these things happen, look up your redemption draw nigh. And it doesn't matter how big your enemy is. It doesn't matter how many there are. When God says it's going to happen, I guarantee it will happen. Somebody give him praise and give him a shout. Amen. Those who have eyes to see, let them see. Let them see what God is saying. Let them hear what God is saying. Lord, what will be the sign of your coming? He said, signs in the heavens above. When you see these things begin to happen, look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. 
the moon will turn to blood. That's going to happen on Passover for the eighth time. The new beginning when man will not function under human power but under supernatural power. That begins in a month and a half. Every time it happens, the world changes. The world changes. Then you tie that in with this is not only number eight, but this is the first one that happens during Jubilee. Now we're going to use our energy to change the world. 